0: Welcome to the Giles Files. And my name is Nancy Giles.
1: I've always worn a watch. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I hate being late. I'm kind of obsessive about time. Tell us what watch you're wearing today. Uh, This is a, a watch that I actually have been loaned for a review. So unfortunately, I'm not going to take this home with me, but it is a lovely uh, Vacheron Constantin corn de vache uh, in platinum. It is a, uh, a chronograph with a very vintage inspired case. Corn de vache is French for horns of a cow. How many watches would you say you have? It would drive you crazy to know that I cannot off the top of my head, think of the number, but I would say uh, two dozen is a good uh, ballpark figure. How do you decide which watch you're going to wear? A lot of it comes down to you know definitely the activity. I mean, if I'm going out to sit by the swimming pool, I'm not gonna wear a dress watch. I'm gonna wear something sportier, maybe with a rubber strap. If I'm going to an event like this, I will obviously wear something dressier. I don't have so big a collection that I can color coordinate absolutely everything, <laughs> oh, but when goodness. I can do that, I do attempt to do that. That's Mark
0: Bernardo, senior editor at Watch Time magazine. Producer Nancy Wyatt and I met him this fall when Alexander Allen got got us VIP passes to what's got to be considered the Academy Awards for watch collectors, Watch Time 2018 at Gotham Hall, New York City. So it turns out men love their watches the same way women love their shoes. They're attracted to high-end designs and a variety of styles for every occasion. And for that man of international intrigue... Close your eyes. Imagine. 1973. Roger Moore as James Bond. The movie, Live and Let Die. As usual, James has bedded down one of those gorgeous Bond girls. They're in a state of post-coital bliss. James casually glances down at his Hamilton P2 P2 astronaut astronaut wristwatch. His espionological instincts snap into action as he presses a button on his watch. A light-emitting diode LED display highlights the watch face. It looked otherworldly from technology of a galaxy far, far away. But once audiences realized that it wasn't a space-age prop, it was a real watch, they wanted it. They wanted their own Hamilton P2 astronaut wristwatch. Okay, open your eyes. And today I'm wearing a,
2: um, a very high-end um, Seiko Gijardo, which is the Ripley watch. A lot of watch enthusiasts that know this watch know exactly the, the historical importance of it.
0: What's up with you on the watches?
2: <laughs> I have a, an obsession. I enjoy the pursuit, the, 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 the mechanisms, the whole artistry behind watch creations, and how important it is from a professional perspective. Um, how people interpret the shoes you wear, as well as the watches that you have on. Um, it's, 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 it's vain, it's superficial, but it's something that I happen to enjoy.
0: It was someone that brought you into this. Tell us the story.
2: As teenagers, he lived, slept, and walked watches. So much to the point that, when I saw him coming my way, I would turn around and walk. Because no matter, if we started talking about neck bones, diapers, cars, it didn't matter, the conversation would wind up being about watches. Wind up, did you hear yourself? No pun intended. And if he knew where I am now, as far as not only the number of watches that I own, but how I've actually taken an extraordinary leap to design, modify, I'm talking about strip watches down to their bare core and rebuild them, he would be absolutely floored. So what's the first watch you bought? A lane? It was at his suggestion. At the time I worked for a multinational bank and from the very first executive board meeting that I went into, when I had that lane all eyes were on my wrist. And one thing that that friend told me was that you will see that people are going to pay attention to you, they're gonna treat you differently, and he couldn't have been more right. And I said to myself, wait a minute, just to make sure it wasn't an anomaly, I have this thing that I do as when I ride the subway in New York City, I actually will, I put my hand on the the bar, pull down the sleeve a little bit, and the eyes start darting back and forth to see, you know, um, what you're wearing, and I get the nod of approval, or the smiles, and I know exactly what it means.
0: And that is bravery on a New York City subway to show off your Breitling.
2: Interesting. That Breitling is not the most expensive watch I have in my collection.
0: Time zone test of time. Time waits for no one. Good times. Time well spent. Time is on my side. Time is money. No time time like like the present. present. It's all in the timing. I know what time it is. Here's the thing about time. We can't smell it. We can't taste it. We can't hear it or touch it. But it's with us every nanosecond of our lives. If an average human life is about 79 years long, this works out to 948 months, 28,835 days, 692,040 hours, 41,522,400 minutes, 2,491,344,000 seconds. And that's it. Know your damn history. Sing it with me. Know your damn damn history. History. One more time. Know your damn damn history. History. That's right, because we got some classical in there. Know your damn history. Christmas Day, 1969. Tokyo, Japan. Seiko introduces the Astron, the world's first quartz watch, battery powered, no winding needed. And so started the Quartz Revolution, a term referring to the decline of the Swiss watchmaking industry, which chose to stick with making mechanical watches, while the trend shifted to Asian and American companies that embraced the quartz phenomena. By the 80s, the Swiss came roaring back with their stylish, trendy, disposable Swatch brand watches. More trends followed. Most recently, the Apple Watch that puts the world on your wrist. But for the old guard, the OGs, it's still that mainspring, balance wheel, and characteristic ticking sound
3: that rocks their world. So Aldo, what, what brings you here? I'm a watch fanatic. Ever since I was a little kid, I started dismantling watches. And when I come to these shows, I really like to see the inside of the watch, the gears, and I appreciate the mechanism and the work, the intense work from the craftsmen that put the watches together. Something, you know, that's really historical and beautiful. It's not like an Apple watch where you just hit the button and it's just electronic. That's what brings me here.
0: You like to know how things work.
3: Absolutely, and all the gears. I could talk to people about the balance wheel, the mainspring, all the gears, and that's what I like about watches. Listen to you, do you collect pocket watches? I do, I have like 35 of them, and a lot of parts and stuff.
0: What's the first pocket watch you owned?
3: Zenith, that my father gave me. What led me to really learn, I broke it. So then I had to go read about how to fix it, and I did. It took five years, but... (laughs) It was an amazing experience.
1: What watch are you wearing today?
3: Uh, My Omega Seamaster GMT.
0: I hate people. They piss me off. Who chops my ass? Who is a stinker? The famous and obscure who do something that I think is just so wrong. the mistletoe. It's time for Donnie and his posse to go to prison. This Christmas, I keep forgetting to get a tree. Watching breaking news on MSNBC for hours. This Christmas, I'm too pissed off to hang the lights. They're finding illegalities left and right. We'll see, off you go, ho ho ho, yeah baby, yeah baby, yeah baby, he paid off a porn star and a playboy bunny, shut down the government and that ain't funny, we're the losers. This Christmas, I can't focus on buying presents. I'm too busy dreaming about his prison sentence. Lock him up! This Christmas, orange jumpsuit to match his face. Mugshots with that nasty hair for his base. Money laundering with Russia. Ooh-wee. Impeachment will be Christmas for me from the white house to the big house my head is pounding from all the lies for all we know Melania is a Russian spy Robert Mueller I'm begging you Make my Christmas wish come true. A penny, a nickel, a quarter, or a dime. Don't be late, but now it's time for Jeff. The money shrink, 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 shrink. He will help you think, 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 and not judge you for your spending habits. He'll give you a nod and a wink, 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 wink. Jeff, the money shrink.
2: The Starbucks coffee comparison? Give that, it to us. That if someone uh, conceivably they go to Starbucks every single day. Well, if you did that from the start of your working life to. Your retirement, you will have potentially thrown away, depending upon the numbers that I put in, a minimum of a half a million dollars. That's a half a million dollars you could have for retirement purposes. Now, the purpose of the exercise is not to tell you you can't drink coffee, <laughs> Okay, but it doesn't have to be Starbucks. So, for example, I had to get a quick cup of coffee this morning, and I went to my local deli just across the street and got a cup of coffee. How much? fifty.
0: Okay. man yeah so, but it wasn't a caramel macchiato and there you go
2: and there you go so i spent too much money on non-essential things. that's
1: essential <laughs> and, i beg to differ right
0: well that's our show thanks to our stylish friend alexander allen to Mark Bernardo and all the folks at Watch Time Magazine, and to watch enthusiasts Aldo and McRae. And a special shout-out to our money shrink, Jeff Slevin. The Giles Files was created by Nancy Giles and Nancy Wyatt, produced, directed, and edited by Nancy Wyatt, and recorded at our studios in Weehawken, New Jersey. We'll be back soon with another boffo episode of The Giles Files, okay? (laughs)
1: Hehehehe. <laughs>